Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Management Decisions, where we speak with expert guests on a variety of business management and recruiting topics. On today's show, we're discussing tips for managers who want to help their employees become engaged in their work. Joining me today is Ruth Ross. She's an engagement evangelist, speaker, and author of the book, Coming Alive, The Journey to Reengage Your Life and Career. Ruth is also the author of the article, which is the topic of our discussion today, Five Manager Must-Do Tips to Create an Engaged Workforce. Thanks for joining me today, Ruth. Great, Jenna. I'm looking forward to the conversation. So to start off, in your article on these must-do tips for an engaged workforce, you make a comparison between managers and accordions. So for those listeners who didn't get a chance to read the article yet, could you explain that comparison for them? Sure. I know that seems probably a little strange for people, but think about it this way. You know, an accordion is sort of this cumbersome instrument where you've got keyboards on both sides and you really have to kind of play them in harmony in order to make sweet music. And it's all about squeezing it correctly. And managers are really squeezed in the workplace. So if you take that analogy a little bit further, on the accordion, one keyboard can represent senior leadership who's asking managers to do more with less and to do it faster, get it done better. And the other keyboard on the accordion is really your employees who want more feedback. They want your support and they want recognition and they really need your time and attention. And you really can't sacrifice one for the other. So managers really have to kind of find this balance between the two sides in order to make sweet music in the workplace. Okay. So then to get into that analogy a little bit more, I wanted to cover the five tips that you do cover in your article. And the first one is that managers are a catalyst for linking people to work. So how would you say that managers can successfully foster an emotional connection between their employee and his or her work? Well, it really all starts, Jenna, with simply getting better at talking with them, not at them. Okay. And if people really want and need to be emotionally connected to their work and, and to the environment, And the best kind of link on that, the direct conduit, is really between a manager and an employee. And if that tight connection becomes frayed between the employee and the manager, then that connection to the workforce and the job itself is also going to break. So let's say that maybe there's an instance where an employee used to be very engaged in their work, but now they've become disengaged. What steps can a manager then take to kind of reignite that engagement in the employee? And that stuff happens all the time in workplaces, right? It only Mm -hmm. takes a moment to kind of move from engagement into disengagement and, and back and forth. But what it really all starts with for a manager is to understand what's going on with their employees. So I actually um, have something that I refer to as my alive treatment plan. And really what my alive treatment plan is, is a stay conversation. You know, all too often we don't find out how employees are feeling until it's too late and they've walked out the door. And so I really recommend that proactively twice a year, managers get together, you know, go out and have a cup of coffee or a lunch or meet in their offices with their employees. And it's important to note that this isn't a conversation around performance and it's not an update on a task or to-do list, but really it's all about that connection 
and really reestablishing that. And so there are five steps. Let me just go through them really quickly. The first is to ask the right questions to elicit how people are feeling about the workplace, what gets them excited to come into work, or conversely, what makes them ill at the thought of coming in, or what do they want to work on that maybe they aren't currently. And the next step is listening. And listening both to what people are actually saying to you in response to your questions, but also what they're not saying. Because sometimes body language can tell you more about whether or not someone's engaged than what they're saying with their words. The next step is to identify, which kind of happens after the conversation when the manager can kind of sit back and reflect on what they heard and what they saw and identify two to three reaction steps. And notice I didn't say action steps. It's more about a reaction to what you heard and saw that maybe could eliminate an obstacle for someone or get them excited about something new, a new task that maybe they really want to do. And then the next step in a live is validation where the manager meets back with the employee to do two things. One is to first thank them for the conversation and for being so open in that original connecting a live conversation. But the second is to validate that the reaction steps they came up with, like you know, I noticed that you were really excited about marketing our new product. I'm thinking maybe you could put together a team, Jenna, to help create what we're going to send out to our customers. And you're validating that the employee says, wow, I'm really excited to do that, or that's really going to help get rid of an obstacle. And the last step in a live is really just executing on the plan, because there's nothing worse than kind of having this conversation and then doing nothing about it. Mm. And so that's really my best and easiest and frankly, low or no cost method to re-engaging your employees. And I think that's a great way to, um, as you mentioned, it's not a performance review. It's not to discuss a specific task, but it's really to just focus on how that employee is feeling about their work and what's inspiring them. That leads into our next tip you had, which was a good manager makes people feel valued. So aside from maybe this alive technique that you gave us, what are some other practical ways that a manager can make their employee feel valued at work? Well, I think, first of all, we have to understand that it's not about throwing money at people and gifts. You know, in the moment, that might feel great, but that's not really what it's about. Sometimes it's as simple as people just wanting to hear the words, thank you. And part of this is understanding that not all of us are going to want to feel appreciated or recognized the same way. You know, some people love public recognition. Some people prefer handwritten notes. Some people prefer a private conversation. So it's really sort of finding that word or that gesture that makes someone feel valued. And I'd say another thing too is that managers need to understand that showing people respect and trusting them Mm -hmm. and not micromanaging them, but giving them the assignment and the tools to do what they need to do can go a long way rather than hovering over them and making them feel like they're not capable of doing the work. Those are all ways to value people. So what would you say then are maybe some warning signs that you might see in a workplace if the employees are not feeling very valued? Well, if it's okay with you, I'd like to broaden this a little bit. Sure. And I'd like to give you some warning signs about disengagement because I think sometimes it's broader than just valued. And it can happen for a myriad of reasons, not just because they're feeling unappreciated and valued. And so some warning signs that you might see happen in people 
are they give off sort of this an I don't care attitude. Mm. And a lot of times you see them start to come in later in the day and leave earlier, take longer lunches, maybe take more days off. They're just not physically as present in the workplace than they used to be. You see it manifest itself in lower productivity than maybe they were doing before. And mood swings. They might be a certain way on a Monday, but different on a Tuesday. They also tend to isolate themselves from others, and that can take a couple of different forms. You know, if you think about people all sitting in a meeting in a room and look around and you, te- you might tend to see some people that are sitting back in their chair with their arms folded and not participating in the discussion. Or maybe they're people that are no longer kind of going out to lunch with a colleague or joining hallway conversations. Those are all sort of isolating events. There's sort of a lack of creativity and innovation. And finally, people tend to be really lethargic and have a loss of energy. And those are all warning signs that can show up in people who are really disengaged. And I think those are great signs for our managers to look for as they're listening to this podcast and maybe thinking about their own work environment. The third reason that you, or the third tip rather, that you list in the article is that good managers want to instill trust through transparency. Now, we've all heard that honesty is really important, but why would you say, particularly between a manager and an employee, honesty is going to be really important to building that trust? It is so vital to the foundation. And and on a really broad basis, it's the foundation of the culture and the environment that helps people to be engaged. And when people understand what's going on and they're part of something, You know, if you think about it, all too often we get told to do something. And I can take this back to childhood. If you've got a child and you ask them to do something, the first thing they say to you is why? Mm -hmm. And it's no different in the workplace. People want to understand the why behind the what. And they'll be more than happy to get on board if they know where you're going. There's nothing worse than kind of secrecy and hidden agendas and closed door conversations. And the more that senior leaders can kind of set this context, then trust builds from there and people aren't running around trying to figure out what's really happening. Hmm. So would you be able to give us an example of something that maybe most managers are not usually honest about, but maybe it's something that they should be more honest about with their employees? There's one that absolutely quickly comes to mind for me, and that's layoffs. Okay. You know, we're given the state of the economy and how it's been for years, I don't think there's any one of us today or among your listeners who have not been through some kind of a cutback at work. And nothing will make a manager more tongue-tied than having to tell people they're doing job eliminations. And it would be so different if people were just really transparent and honest and say, look, We've done a study on our business. We look at our competitors and where we are right now. And we we believe that we have to do cutbacks for the following business reasons. However, we also believe that that will put us in a great place to be able to move forward with our other two or three big agendas, because now we can put resources and refocus. Think how different that would be. Nobody would be running to the proverbial water cooler and saying, oh my God, I, you know, this company's going to close. I've got to get out of here. And instead, people might look at it differently and say, okay, I understand. We've hit a speed bump in this particular area, but we're still very viable and we're going to refocus our efforts on 
this part of the business, it would have a whole different set of responses and energy and engagement if only people were more honest and transparent about things like that. And I would think, too, it would eliminate a lot of the, you know, gossip that might be going around that could potentially hurt the company as well. Absolutely. That's where that water cooler thing kind of comes in where, mm-hmm. you know, back, I'm a baby boomer. Back in my day, we actually had that in the workplace, right? But mm-hmm. now it's more about social media, right? And think, mm-hmm. think about how people are going to send messages. Company XYZ is going through this. You know, if you know of any jobs, let me know. Mm-hmm. And it starts getting out there with false information as versus there might be something really good that can come out of this. So that's why I love that example. So then the next tip I wanted to cover was give employees the tools and processes that they need to be effective in their job. So why is this such an important part of also helping the employees to feel engaged at work? You know, engagement really can start from day one. You might not win their hearts and minds on day ones, but you sure can lose it. And, you know, how many of us can remember kind of starting off on day one and either, you know, having no one there to greet you or have lunch with on the first day, don't have equipment that's ready for you to go, or I can remember this happening to me that I had this great, beautiful, brand new computer, except nobody bothered to get me the logon credentials. So I couldn't even sign on and read anything about the company or do email. You know, it's those little things, and there's nothing worse than than sort of expecting someone to perform a task for which they have no training or tools to accomplish the goals. And so it's it's really important to kind of think about that and understand what people need to truly feel welcome and ultimately effective on the job. So then the final tip to kind of bring all of this together is as a manager, you want to paint an exciting picture for the future of what could and should be, regardless of what it is. So what would be your advice to managers on how they can do this effectively in the workplace? You know, my first piece of advice to managers, because I think managers are so important. And as we talked about in the first question, you know, they really perform this critical link. And the first thing they need to do is to be fully aware of their own engagement. You know, how charged their batteries are. Because if they aren't engaged, then they can't successfully engage others. And the excitement that they have about the vision and the mission and the values of the organization are going to naturally rub off on their employees. You know, I I stated earlier on, um, and I want to reinforce that, that you need to talk with people, not at them. And it was really interesting for me as an aside, I'm I'm rolling out, I'm debuting a new program. It's a half-day workshop for managers on creating an engaged workforce. And it was amazing to me in the room to see that energy around that. And one of the comments that I heard most from people at the end of the session was to thank me and said, you have no idea how much I needed this right now to really take a hard look at myself first and recognize that I really needed to be reengaged before I can engage others. And sometimes it's about having people look in that mirror so that they can be better managers and, and paint that exciting picture. Because if they don't feel it, they can't charge others. You know, there's an old adage that a dead battery cannot charge another. And I think you've given us a lot of great, helpful tips, Ruth, for our managers who are listening today. As we get close to the end here, I wanted to give you the floor at the end just to give the listeners any final bit of advice you might have 
Maybe it was something you touched on already or something you didn't get a chance to mention. But as far as being a manager who can really create an engaged workforce, what final advice would you give? Thanks for giving me the opportunity to kind of mention some of my favorite points here. One, this is really not rocket science. It's not complicated and it doesn't require deep pockets at all. But it's really about making a true and respectful connection between a manager and employee and at that great level. And the last thing I'd say that it's really important for your listeners to remember that the people working for them are not human resources. They are not human capital. They are simply human beings. And if we remember that and think about this, about connecting on that one-on-one human level, then I think they're well on their way to having a great engaged workforce. And that will do it for us today. You've been listening to Management Decisions with today's guest, Ruth Ross. Thanks again for sharing your insight with us, Ruth. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me in. And as always, we love to hear from our listeners as well. If you have a suggestion of another subject to cover on the show, please email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us. 